Hey, hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Last Ones in Podcast. I am Jariah Archuleta, joined this week by Robbie. Hi. And E. Hello. And today we just got done watching Sam Mendes' 1917. Um, Technically his first writing credit. He directed a bunch before this, but this is his first writing. He never wrote before this. Officially, no. <laughs> Actually. Um, and this movie is rated R for, for I can't read this box, for violence, some disturbing images, and language. <laughs> the text is also gray on nice. this On box. a gray background. <laughs> so, that's good. Um, Robbie, yep. if people want to watch it with us, where can they do that? So, Usual suspects, YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu for three ninety nine, but with Amazon Prime and Freebie, which is a new streaming service or new ish. Quit service. making new streaming services. Yeah. Oh my I god, agree. so my TV has a hundred different streaming services. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, on Amazon Prime and Freebie, they're both free to watch. Ooh. So I'm guessing it's with ads, but like you know, if you're on a budget, that's a place you can go watch them. Well, the trick with Freebie is you actually have to amount enough V's before you can watch a movie. <laughs> Well, okay, you can get them for free, but you got to do a lot of grinding quests <laughs> to, to collect the for V's free. first. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. Yeah, it's like it. Play, it's like trying to play an MMO for free. <laughs> it just takes everything takes seven times longer. That'd be you awful. know if you throw a little bit of money at them, you can get some V's faster. <laughs> I don't know why I went with MMO because that's usually just subscription. I should have said you know like Gotcha or something. Like Fortnite, but, sure. Anything with Battle Pass. Uh, anyway, also this movie is one hour and fifty nine minutes long. Not the longest movie we've watched in a while. Definitely not the longest. It's, it's um, like down, we watch a lot of two hour long movies. Yeah, recently we that's have, the yeah. average of movie length. I don't yeah. think that's true. That's definitely true. I think. Robbie, Google it. Google average movie length. What is the average length of a film? It's going to come down with like uh, 27 minutes long. And is going to be so mad. The technically short films count for this. So, (laughs) (laughs) Due to the release of John Schwartz's uh, one second shadows, (laughs) the average has gone down to 20 minutes and two seconds. The most popular runtime is 90 to 100 minutes. The vast majority of movies is is 80 to 120 minutes long. So. Between an hour and a half to two hours long. We both win. <laughs> it, it's kind of one of those just because both of you are kind of right, so that doesn't mean that the other one's wrong. Half a point. <laughs> half a point to both of you. Has everybody it? can even count since the start of this series? <laughs> yeah. We will be racking them up at the end, and we'll decide who is the last one in. <laughs> we all start off with ten points, and you cannot create or destroy points, only... Bring them forward. <laughs> no, no, you get deducted points if you pronounce people's names wrong. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't say that rule because we just thought. It'd be oh great. no! <laughs> Is this like, why I haven't gotten points in a while? <laughs> <laughs> we tallied up. Robbie's at like negative fifty. But yeah, so we watched that today. Um, when did this movie come out? Twenty nineteen. The very, very, very end of 2019. I think oh, like, so the perfect movie to bring your family to for Christmas. Yeah, I think, <laughs> Literally, I think. I think they were actually talking about how this is like the last movie to come out before the pandemic hit. I don't think it was. It was like one of the last major movies it to come like out. It was like the last though. major one. So like technically it came out in 2019. Technically. Um, 
It came out December thirty first, ten p.m. So like in New York, it came out Christmas Day, <laughs> but it didn't hit complete nationwide release until almost February. Nice. So what's so special about New York? I don't know. Uh, I think New York is kind of like their gold standard of like if it does well in New York, it'll do well throughout like the entire country. Like, I think most box. I think forty percent of U.S. box office comes from New York. Itself. Yeah, that's insane. A lot yeah. of people watch movies in New York. I don't I think guess. I believe there is a movie theater in New York. Everywhere, the, everything is hidden. <laughs> <laughs> like there's it's like behind the giant Coke ad. If you just like open it up, you can walk into the New York movie theater. New York has some insane <laughs> theaters, dude. It's. I I want to go there just to see. He's gonna cream his pants if he gets to watch a movie like, in New York. I guess. I think Dry would love to go to a film festival in New York. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That would be so great. Is was, New York the one that has like the ultra Dolby HD? That's only like there's only like forty in the entire world. So and, like there's that was the less only than forty way, in the entire world. Yeah, and that's like <laughs> the only way that Schneider allowed for or, or Snyder allows for the truest form of justice league what you're thinking of is imax oh and there are only i think i think there's less than two dozen true imax screens in the u.s that is what i'm thinking of um we have one in colorado and it's in a museum can you use it not like use it use it like they don't like use it for movies they use it for like educational movies that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and today, March of the Penguins 2. Not even that. Max. It's like Earth Part 1. It's like stuff like that. Imagine having one of like the rarest... Are you talking about a planetarium? What? No. No. no like I'm, There's literally in Denver a true IMAX screen, but right. they, and it's in a museum. They don't use it for entertainment purposes. They use it for teaching that is amazing i i really hope they also only like air 1080p stuff like they're not even <laughs> using it like for its intended purpose that would be hilarious actually and they're like what do so you we mean? only have a betamax version of this movie <laughs> so like we found an old vhs of recess so we're just gonna play that so like here is the like super dumb like <laughs> cinema snob kind of thing of me like we technically have a bunch of imax trains everywhere uh, but they are what would be considered LIMAX because they are not the full screen size, nor do they use film reels. They are digital, mm-hmm. um, which true IMAX uses actual film reels, and it uses, I think it's nearly a four-story screen. It's huge. It's fucking gigantic. Yeah, we don't have that. Also, you might hear a bird outside. <laughs> there's there's not much we can really do about that. <laughs> the bird is very upset by our use of the term LIMAX. They uh, <laughs> believe in... Not having movies be gatekeeped by nerds such so, as ah, it's just as good as film call. <laughs> ah, there's no reasonable difference that can be a mess so, of human eye. But anyways, I actually did look, uh, look up like the whole IMAX thing. They say there's 1,500 uh, in 80 different countries, yeah. but in America there's only 16. Yeah, I like that. I like to imagine every other country just has them standard. Just in America in particular, it's not. Like, it wouldn't even, be the only weird thing that yeah. is like standard in other countries and it's super rare here. You go to like Egypt and there's just like one on every corner. <laughs> that would be, I would move to Egypt. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, before we really get into talking about this movie here, uh, let's go into how people have been doing. Let's go with Robbie again. Okay. How you been, man? Uh, I've been all right. Uh, there's only like one really notable thing that's happened to me this week so far. Uh-huh. Um, so I talked like a, a while back ago about how I switched internet providers. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, is like whenever I do that, I usually just buy my modem outright so I don't have to like rent it out and deal with that whole, yeah, whole so blue. Get but like, blue. I just, 
have my old modem. Right. Uh, and I was, I actually had some time this week before I went to work. It's like, you know what? Like I have like, I'm ready to go. And then I have like two hours to kill. Like maybe I could try to return this modem. And I tried looking up CenturyLink. Uh, I Googled like a place to go return the modem of like an actual like authorized vendor and everything. The closest one they said to the town that we live in is 17 miles away. So I had to travel like, it was like a 25 minute drive to get to the place. It's annoying. Uh, it turns out <laughs> if you Google like a CenturyLink location, there's a good chance it might just drop you off on some dude's front porch. Huh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even, like, you know the next town over that I used to work at? Yeah. Like, just south of that is where it dropped me off. And, like, in in front of some dude's lawn, basically. And, like, it wasn't even, like, a suburb or anything like that. It was, like, you know those houses that are kind of, like, out of the way so they can be closer to nature and everything? It was, like, one of those places that it dropped me off at. Well, did they take your, your modem? No. <laughs> Lock on the door. Hey, can I give this to you? <laughs> I'll give you this, like, 20 bucks. What do you think? <laughs> I'll, I'll say this much. It was a nice house. It's kind of... It's I a went good inside. It's how, like a lot of room. There's like four bathrooms, one bedroom. They could have an office in there if they wanted. <laughs> Crazy enough, there's an entire wall just made out of modems. <laughs> but no, like, it just dropped me off there. And then, like, it was like 25 minutes to get there. And it was like 40 minutes to get back into town. And, like, Jesus. so I didn't even have a chance to, like, drop my stuff off back at home i just had to go straight to work afterwards i literally would have just left the modem there <laughs> I, wouldn't give a shit. I probably could have because like when i say it was like a nice house they had like two boxes for like big flat screen tvs sitting next to their dumpster which means that like huh. yeah yeah did you check I, if the tvs were still in it no i just threw my modem in one of the boxes and ran because <laughs> at that point he was like sending the dogs out at me just like yelling things like trespassers so i had to get Smithers, out of there quickly get that man <laughs> that was a terrible mr burns <laughs> everybody knows that yeehaw smithers go get that hair man <laughs> yes excellent i do say so myself <laughs> you got it mr burns <laughs> they should cast me as the next yeah instance. i don't know why yeah. you aren't doing every voice <laughs> Could you just imagine just one random episode is just completely dubbed by someone else and they never bring it up? No, they never answer any questions of why. Yeah. It just like is. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> They're like, why is like season 27, episode 19 completely so dubbed weird. by one dude with a shitty mic? <laughs> and they're like, uh, so when we were casting Mr. Burns originally, <laughs> and just like completely non- super serious, non sequitur yeah. too, though. Great. But yeah, like that's like the only notable thing that I found out is that if you Google a CenturyLink location, it just, there's a good chance it's just going to drop you off in front of some dude's apartment. Cause I like looked at the map and it turns out like that's not the only location that it does that. And like, <laughs> like we thought you meant people who have CenturyLink. <laughs> The more fucked up thing that I was thinking of is like, what do these people actually do work for CenturyLink? But it's like someone who works from home of just like, oh, oh yeah, that, that would be, be fucked up. Yeah, that would be super fucked up if they were just like doxing their workers that way. <laughs> it's either they drop me off in some in front of some random dude's house or that dude just like happens to like, you know, be one of the representatives that you call and they just put his address in Google Maps. Could you imagine? I'm how- hoping that's not the case. Could you imagine how fucked up like it would make you if like, you're just chilling at home, like with your family, eating dinner. You get a knock at the door. You check in. It's just someone like, "Hey, I heard this is like where you drop off the CenturyLink modems, right?" And like you work at CenturyLink, like, 
like oh I, fuck i could t- take it I, I guess i guess i'll take that he's like thanks there's a line out there by the way <laughs> <laughs> like i would feel like that would like fuck up my entire worldview if just a yeah. random person found me because of my work and <laughs> that i was would like suck. what that would really suck especially well i guess it doesn't matter what you work as it's like you sign the fine print without really reading it and then people start knocking at your door and like so this is century link right <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> just you read the fine print we are legally allowed to dox you <laughs> why is that in there <laughs> it's some of the weird fucking things that company does like that that wouldn't surprise me too much i'm just hoping that's not the case <laughs> oh man well that's fun yeah <laughs> e yo what's going on with you um so in like super important things that happened i ate the first big mac of my life <laughs> today yes <laughs> You informed me that you had, in fact, never had a Big yeah. Mac. So I was like, I gotta get him a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, last week I don't remember where, why, just it came up, and I was like, I don't think I've ever actually eaten a Big Mac because when I go to McDonald's, I usually get stuff off the then dollar menu. Now, uh, the dollar <laughs> almost three dollar menu. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, yeah, I was like, oh yeah. So I just kind of never had one, and I never really felt the need to get one. And then we come, I come over today, and there's McDonald's. And I was like, okay, I got McDonald's. And he, as we're, like, getting the, we're, like, putting it in the oven the heat up, Tribal's at the Big Mac box. is like, this is for you. <laughs> well, how can you just never have a Big Mac in your life? You're an adult. <laughs> it felt representative of the first time that I tried In-N-Out. Because, like, the family that brought me to go try In-N-Out was, like, super excited. And, like, they're they're one of those, like, oh, In-N-Out is the best restaurant ever. You got to try it kind of yeah. people. And, like, yeah. whenever I had eaten it, like, they're just, like, hoping that I would, like, with, like, my eyes would light up and I have, like, that anime moment of, like, this is the best burger I've ever had. But, like, when they ask me, like, so what do you think of the burger? It's, like, it's, it's a hamburger. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I ate it and I was, like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> it was completely yeah. fine. Like, he had Ma- the same. Max Ox is good. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if I would go out of my way to get a Big Mac to have the Mac sauce. Well, here's the secret. You can actually just be like, hey, can I get, like, two McDoubles and uh, hot and spicy and some Mac sauce on the side? And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you just get a bunch of Mac sauce on the side. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Big Mac uh, is one of their menu items, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, Big McDonald's Mac. is weird because, like, food. in general, they don't, like, put a lot, they don't put tomatoes on their burgers or anything like a lot of the stuff that differentiates the the like cheapo burgers from the big o burgers uh-huh so like uh it kind of ends up being a lot of their food just is like how many burgers do you want and within the big max case it's do you want an extra bun <laughs> <laughs> and lettuce you can get lettuce on you could get lettuce on the big chicken and just put the lettuce from that onto your burger you could. <laughs> you could probably ask for lettuce on it too. I think the only two things they put tomato on are their filet of fish. Uh, no, nope. <laughs> well, I think it's nasty. That's just tartar sauce. Um, on their chicken sandwiches, which are uh, bogus, like and they're like primo chicken, they're yeah, premium they're deluxe. chicken, yeah. yeah. Um, and then their uh quarter pounder, whatever it's called, the El Royale, the El Royale with cheese, the yeah. quarter pounder with cheese. I think I I think. They have a version on that that's lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle now. Mm-hmm. So that's, but yeah. they tried, uh, sort of. Yeah, Big Mac's fine. Like, it wasn't bad or anything. Just you kinda... wouldn't turn it down if it weren't. No, if someone was like, hey, I just, I got us all Big Macs, I would eat it. Right. So, like, 
good job McDonald's, I guess. <laughs> there are places I would be like, no, I'm just not going to eat that. Like, yeah. If someone's like, hey, I got us all Whoppers, I might be like, I actually already ate as my stomach's like growling. <laughs> Those actually have tomatoes on them, though. Yeah, but just like er- literally every time I've gotten Burger King in the past five years, I got sick. Yeah, that, that and happens. like it's not even like worth getting sick over. Like there, no, there are fast like... food places that are worth feeling like shit later. Yeah, like <laughs> if it were like absolutely delicious, I'd be like, I can risk it. Yeah, but like it's fucking Burger King at the end of the day, man. <laughs> like, I don't, like if every time I ate Carl's Jr., I felt like shit and like had diarrhea the next day, that'd be fine because it's still Carl's Jr. <laughs> I'm not doing that for so for. Honestly, less than McDonald's burgers. Yeah, for that costs more for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Because they have flames. In <laughs> they their don't place. They just like paint those on. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Actually, they do pla- paint the flame marks on, and then their flame broil isn't even like an actual flame broil charcoal no, it's, thing it's anymore. It's not even on. They just it's give a you like a, belt. they just give you frozen burgers. It's g- <laughs> it's, They're repurposed uh, pizza grills, basically. Actually, yes. Actually, essentially, yes. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So exciting stuff. A ate one of the burger. Apparently, I, they used to have like a jingle for that burger. Daily. Yeah. Um. There's like a whole thing with it of like saying the ingredients of it. Yeah, because I remember that in like Super Size Me when I had to watch that for health class. They were like, "Look how brainwashed meat eaters are," and it's like, "Hey, do you remember the Pledge of Allegiance?" They're like, "Man, I don't know. It's been like 20 years." And then they're like, "Well, do you remember the Big Mac jingle?" And they all sang it, and I was like, I don't know, wasn't this like five years after the Big Mac jingle? I feel like that would still be pretty fresh in people's minds. It's not a jingle. It's just like the commercials would be like, say everything that's on a Big Mac, and then be like, it's this price. Come get it. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much what the jingle is, is like they just have like drum and ba- bass in the background while someone says what the ingredients are. It's not like, to me, Patty says, some bun has No, that sauce. was Burger King, in fact, that did that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest, uh, going on a non, another non sequitur. Yeah, I think sure. the funniest uh, relation to that though is like what Carl's Jr. did. Yeah, with uh, their, I think it was like their six star burger. No, it, they had a burger, a short lived burger. I don't think they still had it. They had the big Carl for a bit. Yeah, yeah. but like with that one, it's just like it's like burger, bun, lettuce, tomato, la la la. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking marketing Which, weird. I don't know, like it. It's funny to me the idea of like. Being like, oh, look at all the shit on this Big Mac. And it's like, bread, patty, cheese, some onions, maybe? I think it's two burgers, extra bun, pickles, <laughs> lettuce, sauce, sesame seed bun. <laughs> sure, but you could just be... Yeah, but then it's like the McDouble. Two burgers, bun, <laughs> lettuce, <laughs> onions. Like, it's not different. What is it, Robbie? You pulled oh, it up? No, I was just going to say, I thought it was kind of funny, is uh, the guy that... Or the one who has like the very monotone voice that does all the Carl's Jr. commercials. Uh, he played bass for like a pretty prolific <laughs> '90s band. <laughs> that's what you looked up. Yeah, I was looking up the band name. <laughs> yeah, Robbie just knew that. Like that's just a common fact that everyone knows. <laughs> Not everyone. Uh, watched a documentary a while back ago uh, about uh, about uh, the hired gunmen of music, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. That's uh, what they call them. Is yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, because uh, he was one of the guys that they were talking to about like how uh, one of the re- like he couldn't deal with like some of the egos of some of the bands, and so he ended up going into voiceover afterwards. And now he's just a Carl Junior guy. So the- what a what an amazing turn of events for someone's life. Yeah, I bet like, he makes more. Probably yeah. like he, he probably, probably makes way too. more. Yeah, because yeah. uh, like you know the don't bother me. 
I'm eating. Like that yeah. that's that guy. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> just so many weird things. Uh well stay tuned for the new commercials of the last ones in coming out. It's like <laughs> three half white guys <laughs> sit in a room complaining about heat, <laughs> watching movies. And then they cry sometimes they get emotional. <laughs> Dry doesn't like a movie. Robbie then goes and blames E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to be our intro for our holidays. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, enough about me eating uh, McDonald's. Uh, Dry, how have you been? Um, I've been good, man. Um, life's been kind of hectic lately. Hopefully it doesn't stay that hectic. Um, I You'll get used to it. Yeah, I beat Tiny Tina. And so I was like, well, I got done with one FPS. I'm moving on to my other FPS RPG that I've been holding off on for two years now. Last of Us. No, I did get that. <laughs> no, no, that was me. <laughs> um, I finally decided to start Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, okay. Uh, Which you're playing the inferior version, so it's going to be interesting to see what you think. Well, I'm playing PS5. It runs extremely well now. It's, okay. It's been patched very well. It runs completely fine. Looks pretty good. Um... <sighs> I have to give this game one credit. No, well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've put three and a half hours into it. Uh, I'm still in tutorial land, which is just frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, the tutorial of that game is like almost eight hours long. People I think. need to stop fucking talking. I don't give a shit. Uh, and I've fallen asleep twice <laughs> playing this game already. I'm going to give it one more two-hour run-through. I'm going to give it one two more two-hour session. Um, if it doesn't capture me by then, I'm just not even going to try. It just makes me laugh, because, like, you're, you're like, you know, I'm going to give it one more two-hour attempt to maybe get out of the tutorial, and last week I beat a game in the same time it would have <laughs> taken you to do that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like... I did pretty much everything in Cyberpunk and said, like, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of stuff I haven't seen yet in that game because they have a bunch of hidden things. But yeah, I put like 125 hours into that game. I actually have a friend who put more hours than you, except he completely hates the game. That's weird. (laughs) I I genuinely do enjoy that game. He, he like told me, he, uh, he like wrote a review on Steam, one of the longest reviews I've seen him write. Um, his, the main thing I saw is like, he was like, you might be like wondering why I bothered putting so many hours into it. And sometimes I ask myself that as well. But the real answer is just every, it has like glimpses of what he really wanted from the game. So like, it's kind of just like the give and take for him. Like he keeps like getting fun and then it just whips it away from him. And he's like, no, please. I want to have fun. (laughs) And he's like, if the game's like, if you put 10 more hours in, you can have fun again. (laughs) So that's kind of his experience. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's right. Maybe after you get 10 hours in, you can have fun. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the major heist that you're kind of preparing for in the tutorial after you get past that first heist is whenever the game really begins. Good. I don't give a shit about anybody this so far. I play any <laughs> games, right? I hope everybody dies right now. They all suck. Which Even is- my character sucks. <laughs> well, you could change that. You can kill him. I hope so. Oh, wait, I can kill him. You can kill him at any time. just jump off of a road. (laughs) You can get hit by a car if you want. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to die in that game. (laughs) 1,001 ways to die in the Cyber West. (laughs) ways to die. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see if next week Dry is like, yeah, I gave up. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or if he's like, it's okay. I'm also in the middle of Alan Wake Remastered and starting Last of Us Part 1. I don't, so. You're insane to me. I can't play more than one game at the same time. Uh, it's, they're all very different, so that helps. That's really just uh, what I'm in the mood for. The only the only way I can do it is if it's on a di- completely different console. Oh, that would be annoying. And like, so it's like I have my PC and I'll just have my 3DS and play Rune Factory 4. <laughs> oh no, if I do that, I will literally just forget about whatever I'm playing on the other things. Because like my PS5 is my main game thing. Uh-huh. Like I I have the PC that also plays things very well. It's overpowered still, I would argue. Um. I just don't like sitting up here to do things. <laughs> Dry yeah, hates that's the fair. Dry hates the oh so cumbersome thing of going to his computer. Well, I have a nice couch downstairs. It's <laughs> like a pretty good TV. You can move the couch up here. No, it's heavy. Probably. I don't know. I didn't move it. I just paid some guys to do it this time. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But enough about our dumb lives. Yeah. Let's talk about a movie which was based off of stories that the director's uncle or grandpa told him or something. Grandpa? Grandpa. Probably grandpa. Probably grandpa. grandpa. Most uncles are not old enough to be alive during World War One. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I think it was based off of his grandpa's stories. Um, 1917 is an interesting film. Let's uh, get into some thoughts, and then once we get our little thoughts out the way, I'll, uh, well, uh, description? Yeah, let's just go yeah, let's do a description it. first. Okay. Back of the box. Yeah, back of the box. By the way, if you're wondering, we watched it 4K Ultra HD. Um, Robbie, Inf- inferior way to watch it. Uh, Robbie told you where to watch it already. So inferior way to watch it. Yeah, you can see the rats are fake. Yeah, how much other CGI did you notice? Uh, some of the bodies. I, I'm I noticed sure. quite a bit. Yeah, almost like all the backgrounds have tons and tons of CGI. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. I don't give a shit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to four by three. All right. So back of the box. Yeah. Sam Mendes, the Oscar winning director of Skyfall, Spectre, and American Beauty, brings his singular vision of this World War I epic. At the height of the First World War, two young British soldiers, Schofield and Blake, are given a seemingly impossible mission. In a race against time, they must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers, Blake's own brother among them. Honestly? It's fine. Pretty yeah. accurate back of the box. This movie's about the journey. Might make, it is. Might make an aspect seem like it is there the whole time when it isn't, but, you know. Yeah. You don't want to, like, spoil an aspect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's start off with some initial thoughts here. Robbie again. Uh, initially, all in all, I think this is a pretty solid movie. Okay. War movie, it is good. Uh, it is very much a hero's journey. Like, by standard definition, this is hero's journey movie. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like, the journey is what makes the most sense of this. Uh, anyways, other than that, like, storyline, it's... I'm going to be honest, like when it came to a lot of what they were talking about, I couldn't tell you what they were talking about half the time in this movie. Uh, about it, their lives. Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed more or less just kind of like, you know, like kind of just a small talk almost between them, like just talking about their lives outside of the war and like this and that. And like, it didn't, it seemed almost like, I don't want to say unimportant, but like, I think inconsequential. a lot inconsequential compared to like everything else that's happening around them, but also with like the color palette of this movie, just like, 
this movie seemed very saturated, but like in a good way. Like it, uh, the colors pop quite a bit with everything in this. Uh, I really liked how they transitioned from one scene to the other in this movie. Uh, a lot of the visual aspect of this is like really, really good. Uh, the CGI was pretty good in this one. Like a lot of times you can't notice it, but like I think I kind of have an eye for pointing out, like, oh, that's not really there, is it? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like without spoiling too much of this, I think I really did like being along the journey or with the journey of this one, even though because I think of like how the conversations go in this movie. Like I couldn't tell you what they were talking about half the time whenever I was watching, but I still was able to pay attention and like know what the movie was about while I was watching it. Character building is what I'll say. Yeah, um, there's a lot of character building in this. Yeah, they are British. I don't blame you for not understanding their wacky <laughs> words. Uh. <laughs> they all basically have googly eyes on their tongue at this point. So, <laughs> like, oi, blimey, you ever hear about the king and how the king gave his kid up to the squiggly bigots? <laughs> squiggly bigots? Yeah, the squiggly bigots. There. Yeah, that's who they were fighting. Isn't yeah. that what the KKK was called in the 30s? <laughs> 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 yeah, this is 1917. This is when it starts rising. That's when they were. That's when they started getting notoriety. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's there's a whole thing that ties into the very ending scene that they have a conversation yeah. about. But yeah, it's really just them talking about their lives and why they're here and stuff. Uh, anyway, E, hello, you, your thoughts. Um, I'll preface this by saying this is a very visually good movie. Uh, the shots are extremely well crafted. Um, some of the scenery is gorgeous, quite frankly, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to say in a war movie. But <laughs> like, it's, I I love kind of hauntingly beautiful. If you yeah, will. I love the composition. Uh, color use was phenomenal. Um, I just kind of not never been too into war movies though. Honestly, yeah, could tell when we were watching it, you were not feeling it. Of the of the war movies we've seen, this is up there and ones I'll probably remember with uh, <laughs> Dunkirk. I <laughs> you have I have shown you this and Dunkirk, and I guarantee the next time we talk about a war movie, you're going to get them confused. I'm gonna call both Dunkirk. I guarantee. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but also, the thing that you guys keep mentioning is like the colors popping uh, is not going to be like a common thing. We watched it in Dolby Vision. Oh. Uh, Dolby Vision is very famously like very bright and super contrasty. So we should have got the DVD copy of this. It would it would look very flat, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Dolby Vision, like, there's different HDR things. I'm not going to bother you super detailed, but HDR10 mm-hmm. uh, has one palette that it goes off of everything, one brightness, one everything that it goes off of. HDR10 Plus is extremely similar to H to Dolby Vision. To where they can go in and change each and every frame to be different color uh, palettes and stuff like that, different lighting, different brightness, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's just the that's that's what Dolby Vision is with HDR. Yeah, I was gonna say with the how much the colors pop in this movie though too. Like I think it's it kind of shows why a lot of big tech channels like Linus Tech Tips actually uses this movie to like test out TVs mm-hmm. because of how much like said a lot of the colors pop. One thing I did mention a lot in this movie is like. Uh, both of the main protagonists in this movie have very, very blue eyes. And, like, that's how you know they're the good guys. <laughs> in World well, War. like, <laughs> for how blue their eyes were with the color palette of this movie, it almost reminded me of um, Underworld. No, Undertale. God, I cannot say anything with you two. <laughs> Did um, you know that Undertale is actually called Undertale because it's <laughs> underground? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna Whoa, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? 
Oh, you should you should tweet that to Toby Fox. See if that was intentional. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he meant to do it. I think it was a, it was a fun coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ignore the part where it says blocked on his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like for how blue their eyes were, reminded me of the White Walkers in like Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, it I was like that. that level of blue. Yeah, I could see that actually. Um, continuing. Uh. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think it's good. It's showing some of the brutalities of war, not in like. Oh no, they're gunning down all the men. More like the kind of like uh desensitization tizing. Yeah, of like war that you have to kind of go through to be in war. Be in war. Yeah. yeah. Like there's dead bodies everywhere in this. Mm-hmm. And like the characters kind of can't react to it because if they reacted to every dead body, they couldn't make it out yeah so like a lot of stuff like that i think they do a good job at sh- so the weird thing to praise like the corpses look really good and like <laughs> realistic in a lot of ways that i think a lot of movies kind of fail at yeah um a, a good example is the bloated corpses in the river and um there's one scene with someone who is uh dying and like you can watch the kind of colors fade out of him in real time which is yeah. generally really impressive yeah um, I, I'm not, you probably would know better than me. I don't know how much of that is practical or not, but they don't know. I would imagine most of that CG. Yeah. But like, it is generally really impressive. Yeah. And so it's really good. I, composition's great. Um, this is a weird thing to be a fan of. I love the like re- reveal over the shoulder shot mm. and that's kind of half this movie. Yeah. So like that's a lot of like man, I just I st- even watching it, so I fucking love that shot. I can't tell you why. Yeah, it's good. My my favorite version of it is the one where I can't pinpoint where I saw this, which sucks. So I can't like see it in whatever brought it to my mind. There's this one scene I like remember where it starts like head on of the person you're following, and as it does like the reveal shot, there's just someone holding a gun to the back of their head that gets like slowly revealed and i don't know where i saw it i wish i did but like i think that like cemented how much i like this shot um so yeah pointing in the movie's favor i i just love that shot it's just gets me every time no matter how much i see it it's just great all right this movie does it really good especially in like i would say the peak climb like the start of the climax i guess does it phenomenally well where because of how they framed it, it takes you a couple seconds to realize what happened, which is great. Yeah, like, and you need to because you're following the you're following the people who also can barely own, have tunnel vision, literally in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, uh, composition great. I I just kind of not never been huge on war movies. I don't know why. I like history. I like learning about. <laughs> I not like much learning learn- about war. <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't know. It's just kind of hard to say. Uh, and then it's going to be, Dryer's either going to be like, oh, okay. Or like, what? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know what part about it makes me think I get like weird Lord of the Rings vibes a lot of times from this movie. <laughs> well, um, I, I would bet that that's just due to Tolkien having been in world war one yeah. and basing most of the fellowship off of his time in world okay. war one okay okay i'm not crazy yeah. then because yeah. like i almost wanted to say this almost feels like a lord of the rings book that takes place <laughs> in world war one yeah like i i don't know it's weird to say but like 
It just feels like that in a lot of the structure of it. Yeah, I could see that, honestly. Uh, I think people have taken Lord of the Rings and kind of maybe knowing the history of it and, like, history of Tolkien himself, probably, without even realizing it, internalized that and very Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's impo- I think it's impossible to get away from that tone Yeah, for World War One, which uh, I think also Peter Jackson nailed perfectly with the movies, so... I th- I think everybody just kind of gets it with Lord of the Rings in that. Like, it's a war movie, technically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bloodier than some of the war movies we actually have. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Um, as a whole, I like a lot of things about it. Just my general not liking war movies kind of holds it back, which isn't the movie's fault. Like, it's not the movie's fault I don't like war movies. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, a mental hang-up I have that just mentally prevents me from liking war movies for some reason you don't like guns that's some of it there's not much gunning in this movie though very little gun yeah very little like ultimately this almost is just like a fantasy adventure in a real place yeah kind of i guess that (laughs) that would some might call that an adventure movie but (laughs) (laughs) the hero's journey yeah (laughs) so like i don't know what about it like there's a lot of stuff that my brain tells me i should like this movie and then it just doesn't click, which not every movie is going to click for you. That's just kind of life. Yeah, that's true. Cool, cool, okay. Um, And the person who has this on 4K, what are your... <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. This movie is just visually, I think, in every aspect, fucking remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just even the technical aspect of filming it, because one thing that should be mentioned, the way this movie was designed, they had about a mile of trenches uh, dug just for this movie in the area they ended up having to do like a lot of architect stuff to like make sure that it's safe <laughs> that it's safe and that there weren't any like historical things there i forget where it was filmed but i think it was filmed near uh some actual battlefields and stuff so they had to make sure there wasn't any actual like remains or anything um that'd be fucked yeah because yeah that's one thing that we talked about is especially in like in northern africa uh there's a lot of minefields that are still active from world war one and world war two yeah uh uh, one thing, like, if tourists do go to Vietnam, you shouldn't, really. No, that's kind of messed um, up. But if you do, the, there's just tons and tons and tons of active minefields and traps and all kinds of things that have still never been discovered. Don't just go to random areas in Vietnam without knowing anything is yeah. what we're getting at. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, you can, For a lot of reasons, but one of them is because you might step on a mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know... You you could disregard the fact that many Vietnamese people might still not have much, uh, might harbor some feelings with people who are just probably maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Why would they be mad at us? Yeah, yes, we're, we're liberating them. Yeah. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> Lord. Um, of the rings. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Just had to get that in there. Yep, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> I, I planted it in his head. It's going to be there all day. Yep. I have to watch it now. Um, I, I guess it's actually one non sequitur. I should say, actually, sure. uh, I finally fe- got the trilogy or extended trilogy on Blu-ray. Nice. Yeah. It looks yeah. good on 4K. I bet it does. <laughs> I, I know. You're the only yeah. human being who owns a thing that can play 4K. Okay. Yeah, like because I watched the trilogy all the time growing up, but like I've never seen the extended trilogy. Now I can because I paid fifty bucks for it at uh, Best Buy. That's a deal. Yeah. Uh, great. The extendeds are the only way to watch those movies. I've only seen the extendeds, and I don't get what people mean when they say it's a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah, because it all matters. In fact, there's like way more that should be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when you told me like, uh, 
there's like 10 or 20 minutes cut from the start of the second movie yeah. that like is extremely important in showing what happened to a character mm-hmm. that are just not there. Yeah. Uh, I think in the first, in Fellowship of the Ring, I think it's like 15 minutes before they're out of the Shire in the theatrical version. <laughs> and then and then you're out. And I, it's like something like 25 or 30 in the extended uh, it's yeah. incredible. The Shire well, is amazing. I guess one good example, since you've only seen the extended, like uh, Saruman's death is a good example. Of yeah, that. uh, that's just not in the original movies at all. He just they just stop showing him at yeah. one point. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. This movie is incredible. 1917. Yeah. Very very good movie. Uh, again, I agree. It was all made to look like one shot, and they did a really good Barring job of making it seem a like that. Couple clear. Cuts. Yeah, there's a, there are a couple of dozen cuts, still way less than you would get in a regular movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think the sh- shortest scene they have in it, I think I was reading, is something around 30 seconds, and the longest is eight and a half. So, eight and a half seconds, wow. Yeah, <laughs> eight and a half minutes. Um, it's like, yeah, they rehearsed this like you would rehearse a play. They rehearsed, You would have to. Yeah, because the rig that they have f- to get these shots done, so like you can have those seamless cuts without noticing... Uh, they built a rig. It's just a, a railroad that holds this okay. camera rig up, and it design and every designated shot is always the exact same. Um, so yeah, they rehearsed it for six months before ever shooting a single shot in this movie. But yeah, like the way that the camera rig was done, that's one thing I wanted to ask too. Is like, how do they do it? Because especially whenever you're in those trenches, because like the idea of a trench is like it's all very close quarters, and like it's one of mm-hmm. those like you have to like kind of go up against the wall just to get past past somebody, but you have this Dolby Vision camera that's like circling around them with like every single shot seeing bits and pieces of pretty much everything that's happening in the background. So in the trenches and stuff like that, it was handheld, okay. um, which is where a lot of the most obvious cuts are. Cause it'll be like rubble falls. Easy cut right there. Yeah. Uh, they well, either pan or- to the side and it's dark for a second. Easy cut right there. Yeah. Uh, that's the first cut that I think I noticed was whenever they're in the trenches, like, well, cause the movie starts off with like the main character, sitting against a tree and then like say hey like you know general wants to come see us like general's here what is he doing here and like them walking into the trenches yeah uh whenever they actually go into like the bunker that's in the trenches and like it kind of like pans to the back of one of the characters while they're going in there. that's the first noticeable cut that i that i saw yeah i should say because it felt very close to like a video game that has that's supposed to have like a seamless cut whenever you're mm-hmm. going through a hallway and like hands on to like the characters back and like oh, okay cutscenes coming up it, it felt a lot like that yeah or like when you're in a third person game and like you go through a very small crevice for 45 seconds yeah like, and it's just like right up against your back and then oh you're just in a different place now yeah <laughs> but like even between that between you know the tree to the trenches to uh that bunker it feels like three different scenes because of how vastly different all three of those environments look too yeah like they did a, a very good job of like having not even a cut just like from uh, from point A to point B, feeling like different scenes without even having to make make a single cut. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Yeah, it is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it a lot, but if they ever do make a film adaptation of Hamilton, I want it done in this style. That would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. But like, I know that it takes a huge amount of effort to make a movie like this too, just because yes. uh, <laughs> another movie that was actually praised for having very long scenes done in one take was Children of Men. Mm-hmm. And I like the car scene in particular, because that was done all in one shot. And I think that was, that was like a seven minute scene or something like that without a single, with, like done in one take. Yeah. And they were talking about the logistics behind it and they had to do so much to get that scene to work between like 
modifying the car the car to have a camera that was in there and like having it on a rig that like went around so you could see every single one of the characters and so on and so forth and like this it's an entire movie of that basically yeah one little thing goes wrong and you're fucked for who knows how long right it's, um, they which, apparently lost an entire days of shooting because the lighter that they were using for a prop at one scene just wouldn't light. I can see movie. that happening. <laughs> which uh, I'm trying um, Serenity. That was another thing because that was another movie that had a lot of really long scenes in it too. Yeah, it does. Uh, I remember for the blooper reel, it actually showed like one of the scenes that they had that was super long at the very end of one of the scenes. The um, main character went to go shoot someone who was like out in the distance and whenever he did that or uh, during one of the bloopers the clip fell out of his gun yeah. and so they had to reshoot that entire like 13 minute long scene <laughs> yes yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah during the blooper like he just does the shot and then he just like looks back at the camera and goes clip fell out of my gun <laughs> like kind of like I am so sorry we have to redo this entire scene now yeah well maybe they should have glued it in come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's how guns work right yeah you can glue a clip in them you could glue a clip into you a gun. You can, in fact, glue those clips in. You shouldn't. No. That is probably rule number like 10 of gun safety. Don't glue the clip. Um, yeah. Uh, this movie is very impressive. It is really just the back of that box, basically. The basic thing is they have a message that the general has given to these two men, and they have to go across enemy lines by the next morning to deliver this message to tell them, do not attack. The Germans planned this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It uh, is a trap. Do not send 1,600 men to their death. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, hey, we're sending you two men. Uh, you can travel very fast, very light. Can you make it there by the morning? They're like, yeah, yes. Like, All right, leave. Go. Fucking go. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they even said, like, while they're in that bunker, like, uh, here's the point that you need to get to. Can you make that trip in seven hours? Yeah. It's like, well, if we... It's going to be through no man's land. It'd be better to go through dark. It's like, well, we don't have time to go whenever it's dark. We have to go now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And a very, very basic story. It's a war story. Yeah. Yeah, actually, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very much seeing this journey of them going from point A to point B and, like, all the struggles they have in between yeah. going through there. Like, they going through no man's land, which one of the very first things you see while going into no man's land is a bunch of barbed wire and dead bodies in the barbed wire and dead horses sitting in front of said barbed wire. Yeah. And so it kind of gives you this almost, uh, like what I'm trying to remember how, or what that goes with, like, uh, entering into the gates of hell with Dante's Inferno. Um, Oh, ye, all, all ye who enter here, abandon oh, all hope. Yeah, it kind of yeah, gives yeah. that kind of vibe to it. Like just starting out of them, starting off this journey. Yeah. Yeah. I and see then, that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that like the main character immediately <laughs> slices his hand open with bob wire and then sticks the hand into a dead body. It's very gross, very yeah. gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the intensity in this movie, I think, just because of the way it shot starts immediately. Yeah. Um, because you don't get like a rest point with how it's designed. No. The whole thing is supposed to be like, hey, like, here's the journey, and we're there, and we're there, and we're still going, and it's never stopping. We are moving the whole time. Like, it's intense. It's honestly yeah. intense in that and way. And, well, that's the thing is, like, from the point of them saying that uh, the general's here and he wants to talk to you, like, that's whenever the tension starts, and it just keeps building this entire movie. It does a very good job of uh, building that tension and holding it, too. Yeah. I think it doesn't even start to release until one very specific scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you have, like, the When Can I Piss app, it it would just be, like, during the credits. Yeah, actually. 
Um, so yeah, they go on that journey. They end up going through spoilers. I'm gonna say it's yeah. it's you can't really talk about this movie because it's just all yeah yeah. But like it's like I was saying how it's hard to say exactly what they were talking about because a lot of it is like them talking about their family, talking about what they have back at home, uh, talking about like the importance of like like hey, didn't you get a medal at one point in time? Like oh yeah, I did. I traded it for a bottle of wine like well why would you do that it's important it's a piece of tin it has a ribbon on it and like i do just like having little small conversations like that i do like really like that conversation because like reading a lot of stuff about people who won medals that is honestly a very common sentiment yeah sentiment yeah of like yeah i went through hell and all i have to show for it is this medal or like yeah i went through hell and they rewarded me for it and like i don't deserve a reward for being a shitty human being yeah so like it's a thing and like it's kind of like the, uh, oh, what's the word like bright-eyed like new per- person? They've probably been in the bright-eyed bushy-tailed. Yeah, where he's like, oh man, you you think I'll get? You really think I'll get a medal? Because the guy's like, oh look, at, you'll get your medal for saving me, and right, he's like yeah. you really think so? And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's, he's he like he could have run away and he didn't. He saved me. Boom, blah blah blah. Here's your medal. Yeah, so it's like really interesting because um. To the Blake, uh, I think is his name. Uh, he it's like everything to him. Yeah, like he's like it gives you like something to take home and like show your give to your family. And um, uh, what's the name of the other guy? Uh, Gingerman, <laughs> Mister Gingerman, <laughs> Mister Gingerman. <laughs> um, Showfield and Blake. So Showfield, yeah, Showfield, Showfield's very like desensitize it i think it implies this is his second um he's been around yeah he's been like at least his second tour yeah like enough so that he had like whatever tour he did before this he actually had a medal and he didn't care yeah yeah traded it for wine as we said Um, and like showfield kind of has the very uh, a big thing is like the, the only real thing you get about his backstory is he was like when we were done, I didn't even want to go home anymore. Yeah. Which is like, it's fucked. Like, it's extremely heartbreaking to think about. It's also an extremely common sentiment. Something that is also very important to remember about, like, uh, British people and the war is, like, people... This World War One was not, like, a known quantity. There had literally never been anything like this before. Mm-hmm. It Before it was World War One, before there was a second World War, it was just called the Great War. Yeah. Uh, for some people who just don't know for some reason. They're, yeah. Um, I mean, history is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Botched. Well, it's. Well, studying history in middle school, actually, like I remember they started talking about like a lot of things that they did in World War One and my sentiment, because at that point in time, we had just like started the war in Afghanistan and everything. It's like, isn't it pretty common for a lot of these things to happen in war? And he's like, it is now. But at the time, no one had ever seen anything like this before. Like a lot of people don't realize that there was, you know corporals with a sword riding on horseback uh going forward towards a, a fucking panzer tank yeah and yeah. so like there's like this huge divide between all of it of like things that had never been seen before and a lot of things that were being tried out for the very first time for both better and worse yeah because yeah. like it's it's hard for us to think of because i for everyone in this room we've been at war most of our lives yes yeah. um like i even don't have a time before a war was happening basically yeah. In fact, in my life, there's a couple months there was no war that we were in, and then we're back. We're not directly in a war now, but we're part may of, as well yeah. be. We're we're proxy of a war yeah. right now. So like, 
it's so like to me the war is kind of an inevitability but back then the closest was kind of just revolution wars and stuff yeah it was um and so like at the time with people not really knowing what it was they were going into what they were expected to do what it was going to be like much of the british youth were like i need to go to war i like i need to represent my family i need to like go and help my people i need to defend my people um kids would lie about their age and yeah. try and get fake paperwork. There were 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds going to war because they were like, this is such an amazing thing to do. Like, this is going to be incredible. Um, And everybody came back fucked, scarred, yeah. ruined, families, everybody fucked up to the point to when, when World War II happened, everybody knew what to expect now. And it was a very different tone for the entire yeah. society. Yeah. That's the thing is like no one knew what the terms shell shock meant until after World War One. Yeah. I, I think it was invented for Yeah, uh, the term shell shock like the PTSD has always been a thing, mm-hmm. but like it was just one of those like, oh, he's weak. Like his so his mind broke during war because he's not a, enough of a man. And then World War One happened and it became such a common thing that they started calling it shell shock. Yeah. Which even that term is kind of yeah. not great considering what was actually a, it's like mental health wasn't taken as seriously back then. It's crazy. It's like mental health wasn't even considered to be a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's the un- untold stories of war. Honestly, like I know it gets harder as we get farther away from World War Two and stuff. But like, I I think that is one some of the history we should really be teaching kids is the aftermath of war. Because like I remember in my history class. They kind of glamorized what happened after our war. Oh, 100%. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, post-World War One, America was going crazy. They were like, woo. And then, like, later I was like, no, we were fucked really hard. Yeah. We did not know how to process it. And once World War Two started rolling around, we didn't even want to be involved. Yeah. Because of how much it ruined us. We weren't involved. And something that a lot of people really, really don't realize, uh, I didn't know until probably five or six years ago, honestly. Um, we didn't want to be in World War II so much, we ignored it until they literally attacked us at Pearl Harbor. That mm. was what got us involved into it. Um, we, we were not involved in World War II at all compared to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. we funded stuff. I mean, yeah. like the British, that's basically our extent. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was like the whole big thing about it, too, because a lot of people, especially in America, think of like World War II from like 1941 to 1945. Because that's when America got involved. Yeah. yeah. It actually started in 1933. Yeah. We just didn't get involved until 1941. And it was basically one of those, like, we were funding the British. And then we had, um, oh, not tariffs, uh, a, not a barricade. We basically stopped <laughs> supplying things to the Japanese. And whenever we stopped uh, supplying things to them, they got angry and attacked us at Pearl Harbor. And then we had to get involved. Yeah. Um, but that, and then... Because of our non-involvement, the Nazi party politically was actually gaining tons and tons of ground in the States to where I think there was a bunch of polls that have been found as like a third of Americans said they would vote Nazi party if a vote came to it. Like that's where we were at as a society in America. Yeah. People don't want to know about it. We were terrible. Well, we still are. We still are, obviously, but like. It's one of those, like, rose-tinted glasses things of, like, oh, yeah, America was solving the world. We were no better. No. We had internment camps. We, like, after hearing, we heard that the Japanese were being terrible, and they, like, were extremely racist to the Japanese people. Oh, yeah, 100%. To the point of, 
there's a reason there's a Chinatown. Yeah. There's no other country has their versions of a Chinatown unless they did something like we did. Yeah, we we literally did have internment camps from the Japanese in yeah. the United States. Which is something that's not talked about very often. As a matter of fact, for how much war movies are about World War II, there was one movie made in the 1990s about the Japanese internment camps, and that's it. And it's basically a, ro- a romance film wherever like, the internment camps is like in the background of it. There is also a show that was on AMC or FX. I forget which one. Um... Season two of the terror takes place in a in an internment camp. Okay, yeah, a Japanese internment camp specifically. But um, anyway, I, yeah, it's war. War fucking sucks. Yes, no, yeah. is the point we're getting at here. Any different? I remember what people were like in middle school. They did not know the horrors of war. I don't know the horrors of war firsthand, obviously. But right. yeah. seeing people but, who were involved in this stuff. But a lot of that has to deal with uh, the propaganda behind it too, and like mm-hmm. a lot of it of just like you know, doing your duty for your country, which is basically how Blake is in this movie, though, which is what yeah. we were originally talking about with this. Yes. Is, he's yeah. very, like, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, just, like, doing his duty and, like, wanting to become a war hero and bring back medals and talk about, like, his, like, how he did his part for the war effort. Yeah. And, like, this is his chance to do something for the war effort of, like, yeah, I went through no man's land to, and I saved 1,600 people by uh, delivering this message, which there, in World War One and World War Two, there were genuine stories like that, like, um... The one that I heard the most common one was, uh, I guess, in World War Two, uh, there were, um, I guess they were attacking this town and there's like Nazis in the middle and there's Americans on one side and the other side. And I guess the battle was so intense, like they couldn't get radio signal from one side to the other one. And so they had to like deliver letters by hand. And I guess there just was a American soldier who like took off his pack, took off all of his like, you know, he had no weapons whatsoever so he can run faster. Yeah. Grabbed the letter, ran through the town. And I guess the Germans saw him like, what the hell is he doing? And didn't even shoot at him. Uh, got to the other side, delivered the message. They delivered the respond messages, ran back and did the same thing, basically. And he got the Medal of Honor because of that, because he basically ran through the middle of a firefight to deliver a message. And Germans were like, this guy's gone crazy. We can't in good heart shoot him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and like. Again, to put in perspective, that man went on a suicide mission to get a medal. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you know, glory of the country and, like, preventing all the deaths, but, like, he did all that for what is, as they describe it in the movie, a piece of tin yeah. with a ribbon yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, that and to say hi to his older brother, apparently. Uh, yeah, in this movie. In this movie, specifically, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the other thing. Blake older brother is where this battle is going to be happening. Yeah. Where the suicide mission is going to be happening. Uh, they don't know it's a suicide mission yet. Uh, that's what the, the, the letter being delivered is telling them, yeah. basically. Um, so they're going of the higher up, hey, the Germans are planning something. Yeah. Basically. Um, so they end up having to go through all that field. Uh, they go through a bunker that is rigged to explode. They end up discovering... Um, they get up by the skin of their teeth with that, and they end up yeah. discovering that the Germans had left all of their stuff destroyed. They tried to make the path harder to get through because just like, fuck you, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like I said whenever we were watching the movie, it's like it's kind of a shitty thing that humanity does. It's like, well, if I can't have it, you can't have it either, and they start destroying things, Yeah, which is basically what they did throughout this. Like, they destroyed the bunker, uh, they destroyed all their weapons, and like just left, every, like, left all the trash there. They started cutting down trees to block off roads so that we they couldn't get cars through uh, through there and get supplies or whatever else they need to, to get through there. Yeah. Um, killed every animal in the Yeah, way. killed uh, killed all the cows because they even said at one point in time it was just like, like 
uh, somebody says, like, I don't understand why they killed all the cows. And he's like, well, the reason why is because they know if they left them alive, you would eat them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they end up doing that. They find a small farmhouse, mm-hmm. Blake and Schofield do. And they're there just investigating. They end up finding nobody there. Uh, Schofield finds a bucket full of milk, and he fills his canteen with that. Because, Um, well, earlier, whenever the bunker exploded, he got a bunch of dust in his eyes and emptied his canteen on his face to so that way he could see again. I want to... Okay, we we didn't, like, exactly go over... It's not... It's not really he got a bunch of dust in his eyes. He was buried alive from a landmine that exploded. Yeah, and then Blake saved him from that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just like, I want to make sure it's clear for people listening in case they didn't watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. It isn't like, oh no, like. It wasn't like a small thing. Like, I'm probably underselling it quite a bit. Yeah. Like, the bunker was literally falling apart because a landmine went off and he got buried. He had so much dust in his eyes that he couldn't see. So he had Mm -hmm. to be guided out through Blake and even had to jump over um, a mine shaft. shaft. In order to actually get through and like had to do that blind, which it wasn't a very large mine shaft or a large jump, but because he was blind, he didn't know where he was jumping yeah. to. If if you can't see, every jump is the longest jump known to me. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Another, yeah, when, like, once he gets out, he empties his canteen because he's blind from all the dust in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's a weird thing to like commend also. Like, I, it really like sells him like his genuine pain. Yeah. Being very light. Like, if you see, like, his eyes, his eyes are literally covered in dust, and you can only see the red from under his eyes. Yeah. Like, that's the only color on It's intense. Him. Yeah. Uh, they do great. Great job with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um. So they get out of that by the skin of their teeth, Uh. end up finding that little farmhouse. They're chilling there. Yeah. And a plane crashes, Uh. And, like, right on them. They almost die yeah. from it. Which, that was a really cool scene, too, because, like, it seems so far away when you're seeing that dogfight, and you're like, oh, it's going to crash on the other side of that hill, and then it comes over that hill. Yeah, <laughs> and then I run away from it, it crashes, it turns out it's a German plane. They go out of their way to save the German. Um, Blake is like, he uh, needs water, go get him water, we need to like, clean this wound and wash him off and stuff like that. So Schofield goes over to fill his helmet with water to go and wash it off, and while he's doing that, the German stabs Blake in the gut. Schofield puts two bullets in the German. And then you get an extremely powerful, sad scene. Yeah. I want to say the reveal of the stabbing is probably my favorite scene. It's intense. That's like what I'm talking about when I say like the kind of reveal shot from over the, from like dead, dead on to like just like that shot in particular is one of my favorite shots in all of cinema. Yeah. It's really good. And uh, when he like pulls his shirt up. A uh, very realistic stab wound kind of thing. Oh, yeah, and he, it bleeds very realistically. Just oozing all the blood out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it turns into an extremely emotional scene of Blake, like, coming in and out of... Um, consciousness. Consciousness and uh, fluid kind of, thought. Yeah, just kind of like, he doesn't even know where he's at at one point in time. Like, because he keeps on saying, like, we got to get you inside the house. And, like, every single time he tries to pick him up to move him, he starts screaming in pain. Yeah. And then just like lets him back down. And then he says something along the lines of like, is it winter all of a sudden? Because the barn behind them is on fire. And so like ash is raining down on top of them. And he's thinking, oh, like, is that snow? Is it winter time? Where are we? Kind like of thing. The, and like, the plane crashed. There's a fire behind us. And he's like, oh, I, right. I, my stomach hurts. He's like, you were stabbed. He's like, am I dying? Yeah. 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 I think you are. I- and I feel bad for laughing because I was serious. I love the just delivery on that because it's not like, am I dying yet? It's, am I dying? 
And like Schofield's just sitting there debating whether or not he should tell him. Yeah. Until just being like, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> and like, it's it's like heart wrenching too. It's like it's the delivery that makes me laugh, just because like, yeah. Kinda. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's so it's a powerful scene because like, it's the weight that's so good about it. Is yeah. it's yeah. You see him running through his head. What is the best course of action? Yeah, it's um, and this is the scene where you see the blood just coming out of his like all the color leaving all of his skin. It's yeah. just like oh it my god, it looks great. Yeah, I, w- I would actually put the scene like right up there with um, I'm trying to, me saying the scene where the soldier gets shot in uh, Saving Private Ryan says almost nothing, <laughs> but like <laughs> the one where they give him a bunch of morphine so that way he die that way he can die painlessly at least. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, a good scene too. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like for just the emotional weight of all of it, it's right up there with that scene if you ask me. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and that leaves Schofield being on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, right when Blake finally does pass, a uh, platoon comes by a bunch of men. He ends up hitching a ride with them, uh, tells them why he's in such a hurry and why he's doing everything like this. And they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. Um, they take him as far as they can to there's a river that they get to and he has to cross and they're not crossing that because there's no bridge. So they drop him off and he crosses the river, ends up getting shot at, has yeah. to run away a bunch. Well, I think one important thing that does happen too is the commander that they have in that are for that battalion tells him uh whenever you go to the major make sure that you have witnesses with you oh yeah some men just want to fight for the sake of fighting yeah um which is fucked yeah it is it's very true though yeah now i've read a lot of stories about like basically uh what's the like power mad generals Yeah. yeah uh that's why so many generals died in Vietnam because there's people who have been there for a long time and the generals would be like, go do this. And they're like, if we do that, we're going to die. And they're like, do that or I kill you. So yeah. the platoon would kill it's, their general. Uh, I'm not sure. a lot in Vietnam, actually. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it happened a lot in Vietnam and like I think it's because it's a lot of uh, a lot of those soldiers, especially a lot of those generals, were thinking to themselves like, oh, I'm going to be the next General Patton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the easiest way to desensitize you anyone about war is to learn what really happened in vietnam yeah because like i i hear a lot of uh very kind of um i don't want to say milk toast but like i guess rose tinted views of vietnam man from uh some of it's from people i know who like didn't actually have to get deployed in it and just kind of were here during that war so they didn't kind of get the horrors right so to them they just know these guys went to fight for America, and when they got back, were hated by the people here. Yeah. So, like to them, like that, it's ungrateful citizens, which is not the case. No. Yeah. It's a war <laughs> no one wanted. Yeah. And no one. It. It was nothing was justified about what happened with Vietnam. No. Yeah. No but, one wanted it, and no one won. Yeah. That's that's a whole other thing. That's a different movie, too. Yeah. There's many movies about <laughs> There are many that. movies yeah, yeah. about that one. Some better than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Ends up going into this village, gets shot at, runs away, uh, ends up having to take this sniper out. Sniper shoots him the same time that he shoots the sniper. Um, ends up getting shot in the head. He's wearing a helmet. And gets passed out. And that's the only, like, super, yeah, super like... obvious cut of the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just fades to black and then fades back in. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I think it's kind of shows like the luckiness of him because like his head is bloody after being shot, but it's because he fell down a flight of stairs and hit his head. Yeah. I don't know what angle he was shot at that 
made him live. I uh, mean, if you don't hit a helmet, that's why helmets are important. If you don't right. hit a helmet in a very direct spot, it will ricochet. Yeah. Maybe. I've just tried to think, because the, the sniper was still was laying on the ground. Yeah. Kind of like, like propped up next to him. Yeah, window. the initial firefight that they had, he hit him because the sniper stopped shooting at him, and he was going up there to confirm the kill. Basically making yeah. sure, like, okay, I need to make sure he's not just hiding, so that way whenever I pass through, he shoots me down kind of thing and so like he went up there to check to make sure and the guy was shot but still alive and so like they both shoot at each other at the same time and bullet hits the german german shoots but just ricochets off of his helmet yeah that's just what like i'm trying to just think of the angle the german was shooting at like guns are know. weird man yeah. they probably are right guns are not very, as accurate have, as <laughs> games make them seem i have very few i have one experience with guns and it was not a pleasant well two i guess technically one experience shooting a gun and it was not a particularly pleasant one, mm. but um, yeah, yeah. I just it's just more. I was just curious. Well, the way that the German was holding it, like he was what would be commonly referred to as like a hip shot, which is considered mm-hmm. to be like one of the more inaccurate ways to shoot. But like, yeah, if well, you're Han in a hurry. Solo did. <laughs> yes, he's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that German soldiers in World War One love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, specifically like, in World War One. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because yeah, like, they were 60 like years before Star Wars. He's kind of just like <laughs> holding it at an odd angle, like mm-hmm. on his hip, like you know, not being super accurate about it. But he's also bleeding out, so like, yeah, yeah, it's one of those like I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna take you with me kind of mentality things, and isn't super accurate with the shot. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that happens, uh, and then it's a nighttime now. He's been passed out for mm. a super long time. It's nighttime, but it's surprisingly brighter. It's pretty dark, but um, <laughs> it, it might just more be like the coloring TV, yada yada. Well, it's also what's happening actual. in that scene because yeah. yeah, I think what they captured in this scene was actually really really cool because yeah. uh, the reason why it's so bright is because there's flares passing mm-hmm. overhead, and he's being super are super paranoid about it is because there's a bunch of Germans inside of the city. He has to stay hidden, and every single time a flare goes up, he's thinking like I'm you know lit as a candle right now, like they're gonna see me. And it has like this very paranoid feeling about him while he's run, like you know running through this town. And, and he does get seen quite a few times. Yeah. One fun thing about the flares, there actually are flares, but they were attached to strings. <laughs> but they wanted like flare lighting, so they like, yeah. had them attached to strings and had them face a very specific way because they wanted specific <laughs> lighting. But they are flares. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's like flares with seven asterisks. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, I think. The flares are interesting because it was something I learned after watching what it was Fury. You said it was called the tank tank one? tank one. Yeah, um, I thought it was like inter- It was weird when I saw that there was a bunch of like multicolored like shots and flares everywhere. But then later learned that's actually extremely accurate. Actually, yeah, yeah. It, uh, they add different chemicals to uh, add to the gunpowder to get different colors. They mm-hmm. all have different meanings. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's the red flares and green flares and white ones and so on and so forth. Depends yeah. what you're trying to tell people that I'm mm-hmm. going to tell them. Um, like, how do I communicate to this person that's literally half a mile away? Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you look over and you see the brown flare and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, he ends up having to hide in this basement where he finds this woman with a baby. Um, and she's like, I don't have any... They don't speak the same language, so they're no, she's trying to communicate. Um, he ends up coming to the conclusion, like, your baby's hungry. I found milk earlier, so here's that milk. Uh, that's not good for the baby. Don't, don't give, 
don't give cow milk to babies, especially unpasteurized cow milk. Don't give much to babies, really. It's slightly better than the, like, sardines he was originally going (laughs) to give this kid. I don't know. Kids French probably love sardines. (laughs) I don't think the French like sardines. I don't think that's a French stereotype. Well, sardines are smelly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Um, um, he leaves there, and he finds a church that's on fire. This is a super impressive shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there's this giant, huge fucking thing that's on fire. And Robbie's right. In that scene, the fire is CG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could tell because it was not spreading. It was very, like, the fire was moving, but it was very stagnant. It was moving. trained really well, actually. <laughs> it also trained for six months. No. Um, <laughs> but they did have an insane lighting rig right yeah, there. Yeah, because the entire, you have this burnt, orange look going across the entire screen like it's filling everything honestly yeah. that'd probably be easier on the vfx artists if that it was lit properly it was yeah. it was lit extremely well uh the lighting rig they have is possibly they don't know for sure but it is possibly the biggest lighting rig ever made for a movie wow um I it mean, was two megawatts oh jesus christ <laughs> you could power a country with that <laughs> you could power a house for a couple days off of that <laughs> So, yeah, that's what that shot was. It's a beautiful shot. Uh, ends up running away, falls into a river, uh, swims for a while. I wouldn't say he fell into a river he as jumps. much as... Yeah, yeah. as much as... <laughs> to he's get away. Being, yeah, he's being chased by German soldiers and had to jump into a river. Did, yeah. the, did the iconic, like, looks like I'm going to have to jump. <laughs> gets in the river, nearly drowns, but doesn't. Ends up wandering onto a whole other platoon of people. Yeah, just a... A dam of bloated bodies. Yeah, that yeah. part is like a lot. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just tons of bloated bodies. And he's like, while trying to swim, it's yeah, great. Like, yeah. um, anyway. <laughs> uh, and um, he gets there, and a song is being sung by one of the soldiers. Yeah. Wayfaring Stranger. Yes. Lovely uh, song. It was used for all the trailers as well. Oh, unlovely it's... song, then. Unfortunate. <laughs> it's honestly a beautiful scene. Uh, there are three scenes in this that make me tear up, and that is number two. The first one is when Blake is dying. Yeah. So that happens, and it's just a really quiet, somber scene of him just sitting there on a log yeah. watching this guy yeah. sing. I get, it to is, put it in perspective, he thinks he's too late Yes, as yes. well. Yeah, he does. Uh, he doesn't find out he's not too late until he's like, I'm looking for blah, blah, blah company. And it's like, this is blah, blah, blah company. And he's like, what? Like, yeah, you haven't gone through yet. He's like, well, we're second, second yeah. platoon or whatever. So we have second to like wait a while because like we're supposed to like hide here for a while. Then they go out and then we have to wait. And then you know how that. And he's like, so I still have time. He's like, time for what? I have to deliver a message. He's like, that's not really gonna happen. You're kind of too late for that. He's like, I have to go. And so he just runs. Yeah, I just like also the like bewildered confusion of every single person that is next to him. Mm-hmm. He's just pushing them all out of the way. They're like, "Yo, what the fuck, you fucking asshole!" But yeah, like while he's singing that song and like he's kind of just sitting next to a tree and everything, he kind of has this has a sorrowful moment of like, "I'm too late," and like they're singing this for the men who just gave their lives. Yeah, kind of feeling, and like he does have like this very somber like I failed look on his face during this entire scene. Yeah. So he ends up running, ends up finding that nobody has gone over the wall yet but through the trenches. To, but they're about to deploy the first troop. Yeah. And so he like keeps asking, like, where is blah, blah, blah? Like, I forget the guy's name. Mackerel. Where's Colonel- Mr. Mackerel? <laughs> uh, he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, has yeah. a dick Which- Cumberbund. <laughs> 
I've not heard that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying cool. to pull up his name because, like, the sad thing about me trying to pull up the actors of this is just like because George McKay, the main character, is Lance Corporal, doesn't say the rest of his name, and then Dean Charles Chapman, uh, who was uh, Benedict, just Lance Corporal, and then like it just like sh- shows their <laughs> rank, and I can't get the actual name, but yeah, it was Colonel. McKenney, I think. McKenney. McKenney. Sounds sure. right. Something like that. McKenney's yeah. game assets, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so- it's like, I need to find the colonel. And like, it's just like going to every single officer you can find. It's just like, where's the colonel? I need to talk to the colonel. Where's the colonel? Yeah. Like, Again, yeah. another powerful is there's one who's just hysterical at this point. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of because he's no, he's going in to die. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like going through and he's like, you're never like, there's so many people we're about to deploy. You're never going to make it. And so he like comes with decisions like, like the only way I'm getting through without being blocked is if I go on the fucking battlefield. Yeah. And so he's like about to go over and he looks back at the officer, looks back up. The officer looks at him. He's like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a really funny, it, like, it's oh a shit re- moment. Yeah. It's a very good scene. Like if there's ever been a perfect, Oh shit face, it's that our colonel during that very specific scene. It's yeah. just like, what are you, what are you planning on doing? <laughs> uh, he, and that's Which, when you get this, like I guess Robbie said iconic scene. Yeah. Um, I think we did kind of undersell, getting up to the scene because he's going through a trench yes. in order to get through this. Yeah. And like men are shoulder to shoulder already and he's trying to get past them. So it's very much like desperately trying to get through a crowded place that you cannot get through. I mean, it's like it's, you're it's at a the... concert venue and you're trying to get to the bathroom desperately. Yeah. <laughs> it's the parallel to the intro. Yeah. Where that intro is all about trying to find the way out. And this is basically trying to find the way in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and, like, you know, neat parallel very beautifully shot um yes but yeah like most of the i want to say trailers not so much trailer but like after the movie came out and they were talking about how iconic this movie was this is the scene that they showed a lot of him going out onto the battlefield and just like start running across well like by the side of the trench but like there's explosions going off in the background because he just like ran straight into a battlefield and is basically dodging bullets just trying to get from point a to point b and while everybody's leaving the trench to die yeah it, it is a neat scene i just feel like there's more iconic moments in this movie than this this is a really cool scene this is a maybe a, maybe it's my not war movie speaking i just like i guess if you're like oh man this this like 1917 this like beautiful movie and then you're like yeah look at this scene and it's just like the soldiers sitting in a circle hearing wayfaring sol- Wayfaring stranger, yeah, they're powerful in different ways. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but this part's like goosebumps kind of feeling for me. Like, oh my dun, god, dun, he's dun, doing this dun, crazy dun. thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like <laughs> watching all of these soldiers running in the battle, with all these uh, artillery shells hitting the scene, and like men falling to their death, and like him uh, just knocking act- over yeah. men to their death. Yeah, well, I was gonna say because he actually just straight up runs into two people, like one that are trying to like go out into the battlefield and has to get back up and start running right away because yeah. this is one of those you stop moving, you die moments for yeah. him. So he wasn't supposed to hit anybody doing that. Oh. Uh, but the thing was like, if he does hit you, just fall. My favorite is the guy who falls and then just doesn't get back up. That's what they were told to do. Oh. If he hits you, fall, don't get back up. Oh, the other guy tried to get back up and then yeah. exploded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they shot it. He's like, he's not supposed to get back up. It probably did put CGI explosion because of that. Um <laughs> So yeah, he runs through, eventually does get there, and he's like, here's the letter, here's the letter, gives it to him, and the guy like really doesn't want to. He's like, we're already starting, we've delayed it five times, we almost got him, we got him on the ropes. It's like, you yeah. don't believe me, just read the letter, and there's tons of people there, he reads and he's like, call it off, fucking stupid bullshit, he's gonna tell me to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Pretty much the way that he says it, and then even yeah. after that, he's like, alright, 
Well, it are. He then asks, uh, looking for Lieutenant so-and-so. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, he's probably, um, if you're going to find him, you're probably going to find him at the um, medical tent, basically. I can't remember I what they I don't even think he says movie. that, because he just says to, like, go get, go, like, have your wounds checked. Yeah, go yeah, have go, your wounds checked, I, get some I think food in you. He basically just says, I don't fucking know. Go yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then he like, asks the other guy, and he's like, well, he, I think he was in the first wave out. If yeah, you're going right, to find right, him, you're right. going to find him at uh, the medical tent. So he d- goes to the medical tent, and everybody's fucked up, and everyone's like, do you know where this guy is? He's like, I don't fucking know, man. Like, look at all this shit. Get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy doesn't I, have I did an like, arm. <laughs> <laughs> I did like with Benedict Cumberbatch, like, because he's super disappointed that he can't go forward with this attack. And like, he tells him, to, like, okay, go get food, and you can go get your wounds checked. I said, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he eventually does find Blake's brother, mm-hmm. gives him the news. And this is the other part that like makes me tear up. It's a super sad scene. Very somber, yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, I was with your brother. He saved my life. Uh, he was always there trying to cheer everybody up. He was always telling jokes. He's like, well, I'm glad if he had to die, I was with you. And then he like gives him rings and stuff like that. And he goes and to copy the beginning of the movie he goes and sits on the side of a tree pulls out some photos it's two kids and his wife and that's when the movie ends well the thing is on the back of the letter it says uh come back home yeah come back to me safe yeah. something like that yeah. yeah and then if it probably is like you read it how you want to read it mm-hmm. and like just judging based off of his earlier actions i think it to me, it implies that his family probably died before he got back from the original troop. It might be that. It also might be one of those, like, they're still in the middle of the war. And so, like, this isn't the end for him. He still has to go out and fight or fight after this. Like, he, he's looking at this photo of a family that he may never be able to go back to. And, like, it's something that he does say earlier whenever he says, like, you know, it's just a piece of tin. And that he traded in for a bottle of wine because it doesn't really matter because, like, the fact that he got to go home for a little while and that he just had to come back to this just made it all more sour to him. Uh, I think it's left for interpretation. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's one of those, like he still may never see them again, even if they are still alive. Yeah. Well, he's going to die from 17 and a half diseases. Right. He just put from his hand and everything and it's a giant wound in it. Yeah. His hands full of mud, shit, blood, other blood, corpse guts. It's just, he's not, he's tetanus. Losing that arm at yeah. the very least. Yeah. I think like, it's too I, late I, for I, I straight up thought it was gonna, I straight up thought it was going to be a bigger plot point whenever he sliced his hand open on barbed wire and then stuck it into a dead body. That's I honest sequel. to God thought, I honestly God thought like it was going to be a bigger deal. It's just like, like, he looks at his hand at one point in time, and there's, just like, pus coming out of it. Like, oh, this is not good. Could have, but they didn't. Yeah. Nah. But yeah. So let's get on to final thoughts here. Okay. Let's start with E. Uh, like I said, this movie is visually very stunning. Composition-wise, it is outstanding. Score fits the movie perfectly fine. I don't think there's any inherently standout tracks to me, personally. But, um, it's a war movie, so... <laughs> You know, kind of weird if a song distracts from the movie. It happens. Uh, has, like, such beautiful scenes. I, I The Wayfaring uh, Stranger is probably, like, one of the scenes that will stick out to me for a while. Um, I talked about how I love the reveal of the stab. Yeah. I think that is masterfully framed. And, like, you can definitely tell that... Um, Sam Mendez uh 
knows his way around now. Yeah. And can just create really impactful scenes. All that to say, <laughs> I just <laughs> I just don't like war movies all that much is the unfortunate part. <laughs> so it's like a battle it's like a battle in my head of like I love so much about this movie, but I just don't get that excited about it. Okay. It, it happens. It's it's not fair to the movie. I would <laughs> probably tell people to watch the movie still. I think there's definitely enough to watch if you like war. Well, if you like not propagandic war movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. Um. As a whole, I, I, I'll I just give it, like, a tentative seven. Okay. Whatever, with the 17 asterisks and, like, the table of contents <laughs> that describes my prior experience with war movies, <laughs> as well as, like, the chapter seven, which is just my hatred of Fury, which is a movie that does not deserve how much I don't like it. It really does. a really good movie. I think it, I don't know, it just bugs me. <laughs> it just bugged me. I haven't seen that movie yet. It's fine. It's four dudes in a tank being four dudes in a tank. It's shitty war people. It's four, it's yeah, LaBeouf. four dudes in a tank then. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf and Brad Pitt in a tank, man. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it sounds good. I just haven't had... It's one of those things. I just have not had a chance to watch the movie. Yeah. It probably didn't help that I watched it in a time I just wasn't like particularly interested about movies. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would like that movie anymore if I watched it now. Yeah. You just don't like war movies. And yeah. That's a war-ass war movie. Yeah. And then like, and then chapter nine is how much I don't like the sniper, which I think dry would probably be more. I agree. Up. Sniper yeah. sucks ass, man. I hate that movie. <laughs> it's That one's just propaganda. Yeah. Like propaganda as propaganda. Um, but yeah, seven because uh, general tastes differ. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Robbie. And then I guess me on the opposite side of the spectrum, I've watched a ton of war movies. I watched a lot of them growing up. Like, I think I watched Platoon whenever I was like 14. Mm, yeah. Which that that is a war like very much not a propaganda war ass war movie. That is the horrors of Vietnam kind of war movie. I think the actual good war movies are not propaganda. War yeah, movies. yes. <laughs> and the ones that are widely talked about are ones like Platoon or um, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. That. That's what I was thinking of. Apocalypse Now. Um, I was gonna Dunk. say Hamburger <laughs> Hill, but like Hamburger Hill is not as widely talked about. But that is very much like a war movie that shows like. The horrors of war. All yeah. the Dunkirks in, out there, you know? The one Dunkirk. <laughs> Dunkirk 1, 2, and 4. 3 was but uh, yeah, like, weird. This is probably one of the better war movies that I saw, just because like it does a very good job of showing like a lot of really fucked up things are happening, but you can't pay attention to that right now because you, you have a mission and you have orders that you have to follow. And like the fact that this happened means that you just have to kind of pick up your pack and keep moving and like you don't have time to process everything that's going on between like the stabbing that happened, the, or like you said, cause that was a very powerful emotional scene that, that between that and the wayfaring stranger, uh, before the ending of it, those are the only times where ever, like he has a chance to even rest and try to process everything that has happened in this. And even then it, they're very short lived of, of like, Hey, like you got to get back up and keep moving. If, this is an extremely emotionally draining movie. It is. So be prepared for that if you watch it. But like it makes it very realistic because a lot of people who had had to go through war like that, that's what it was. It's just like they had to pick up and just keep moving because like that's just war or war within itself, especially whenever you have a mission, you have a, something that you have to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna... the thing is he <laughs> has a time sensitive mission on his hands and he has to go get it done like right now. Kind of if your war movie's like fun you might be doing something wrong. Well, I'm no, it's not so much. It's not so much fun that I'm trying to say yeah, as no, much I, as like 
a lot of them, um, I guess Platoon's a good example of, like, they take time to, like, let you process, okay, like, that just freaking happened. And, like, kind of, like, sit on shots longer than they need to to kind of, like, let you absorb the tragic or the tragedy of, like, what you just saw. This one doesn't give you time because he just doesn't have time to deal with all of that. And, like, another thing I did love about the cinematography of it, too, is, like, because it's all meant to feel like one long shot every now and then there'll be scenes wherever they're walking, but like they're talking while they're walking and like the camera's kind of panning around them. And eventually you'll see like something in the far distance of realizing like, Oh, they were there 10 minutes ago. Like, but, yeah, <laughs> I like that like, a lot. Yeah. I do like that sense of like, I was just there a second ago, but it seems so far away now. Yeah. Uh, they did that very, very well. The cinematography is fantastic mm. in this movie. The score is very good in this movie. Um, the color palette is incredible. Like almost, Almost to the point where it's like fantasy level of saturation in some scenes, but the, yeah, but the color palette's done very, very well between like I said, um, with like how the trenches move and like how it moves from like one scene to the other of like in one scene, like it's very gray because you're in a trench with all these guys who are just hiding in the mud and then it goes next scene you're in a field with cherry blossom trees and yeah. they're just talking about like all the different cherry blossom trees and then you're on a farm and all this happens in like one solid cut and like it, it's phenomenal how they got all these shots to work uh, the way that they did it's impressive it, it is very impressive like i said i think the biggest thing is like and I, I do i honestly like it about the movie but i could not tell you what they were talking about half the time in this movie because it is just them talking about life outside of the war we did end up having a lot of conversations watching this as and well. we did have conversations we talked a lot about war about crimes it. yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> about geneva convention and all this other stuff that happened yeah. because of world war 1 um, if you want to know about war crimes, go to www.us.gov. <laughs> <laughs> See what they're up to. That'll tell you a lot about war crimes. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is honestly up there with one of the better war movies that I saw. Of just like it, it seems very realistic to like the experience of a soldier while watching this. I, I'd give it a nine out of ten. I really enjoyed this one. All right. Yeah. Um, I really do love this movie. It's great. It's one of those ones that I saw in Dolby Theater when I first saw it, which is just literally the most impressive way you can watch a movie besides true IMAX. So I'm a bit biased on what my opinion on that kind of thing is. I think that it brings that experience home very well on 4K. I obviously don't have an Atmos sound system, or else it would be far more accurate for like the planes and stuff like that. But it works really well for 5.1. If you gonna, have, I'm gonna give the advantage to this. Of I often can't hear stuff in <laughs> theaters because of the just sheer bumpingness of some noises. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have other problems to worry about here. Um, but yeah, I think it brings that experience home extremely well. I think the mix on the on the 4K Blu-ray is great. Um, it's impressive. It is just an impressive movie in every single way. The acting, for as underplayed as it is, I think doesn't get enough credit in this either because, like... Oh, the acting's... It's phenomenal. It really is. It's just, like I said, because it almost feels unimportant to the mission that's happening in this movie. Like, it's yeah. hard for me to, like, pay attention to that compared to everything else that's happening in the it's scenes. It's yeah. It's a hectic movie. It is. So, yeah, I really do like this a lot. I love it, in fact. It is probably top three war movie for me. Um, I've seen a lot of war movies. There's a lot of war movies, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just like thinking it. I don't even think I could comprehensively give a top three war movie. I definitely could. <laughs> yeah, depends like what counts as war movies. I guess. I think this Dunkirk and Saving Private Ryan flop all between one, two, and three for me at different times. Okay. 
Um, well, I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, so there's that. That movie's I'm, so fucking intense. I'm going to awesome. assume I'll probably have a very similar opinion as I do with a lot of these good war movies. It's Steven Spielberg, so it's masterfully so directed. Giant T-Rex shows up at the climax and is like, Mr. Private Ryan, I am going to it's, save it's you. It's pre-2007 Spielberg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Batman can direct. Like a, I don't, like a fucking him. I guess. So you know, just a rambunctious group of kids show up and like, <laughs> Mister Ryan, Private, I'm going to save you. No, no, it's um, it's incredible. It is. Uh, that one was very much a passion project. He did not expect it to do well in yeah. theaters because he didn't want to, um, he didn't want to like shy away from like the horrors of war in this and there in that movie. And there is a lot, especially for 1998. That movie was extremely graphic for 1998. That movie is and, about survivor's guilt. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And yeah, he that was a passion project for him. He did it because he wanted to show like his appreciation to the veterans of World War II and didn't think it would do that well. And now it's like one of the, the most beloved war movies ever made. It may have single-handedly inspired shooters from PlayStation 2 to now. Unfortunately. Uh, anyway, I love this movie a lot. 1917 is incredible. Everything about it is top-notch. And I think it deserves all the praise that it got. It got three Academy Awards for various things. I don't think it won Film of the Year that year. I don't remember what did. But, yeah. Disney, Marvel, The um, Avengers. Probably. No, there's a lot of good stuff in 2019, honestly. Yeah. Um, but this yeah, movie is fantastic, though. It is absolutely incredible. I love it. I also give it a nine. Uh, but, yeah. let's. Uh, we're really hitting our time limit here. Yeah. Says you. E, Hi. if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We got a link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E slash L-O-I-P would give you a link to all our social media, our listen medias, and our watch medias. We have a Twitch that is live every Wednesday, every Saturday. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and every Saturday, roughly 10 p.m., sometimes earlier, sometimes later. We had one week, it was like midnight 30. <laughs> yeah, it really just depends on where we are. Yeah, uh, so, and the archive of that, Um, if you want to watch our Twitch, we play video games. That's usually what you do on Twitch. Generally, yeah. Uh, Wednesdays is me. Uh, Well, I don't know by the time this episode comes out if it's still me. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know if it will be. Yeah, it might be dry again. Yeah. Uh, if if not, I've just I played uh, Dog Arai, which is fun. That was a fun game. Yeah. And then I'm gonna play Right, which I'm gonna also gonna guess it's uh, it was a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. Uh, and Saturdays, Dry might be done by then. If not, uh, look forward to, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Yeah. It's a video game about internet. By the time this comes out, I think I should be done with it. Either done with it or on the last or one. Extremely yeah. close. Yeah. As yeah. long as it's not another Undertale situation. No. So Undertale was because somehow we just took longer to read than I did on my yeah. original playthrough. Like, it wasn't I, like I played alone, because obviously that would make it much shorter. Right. I did a Let's Play of the original one, and we took like four to five more hours. Huh. Which is weird, because I was much worse at video games back then. So I died much more. So I don't, I don't know <laughs> to be how fair, I did there, that. <laughs> there was a lot of me just standing still because I didn't want to like have the story go forward while you guys were having a discussion about something else. And so I would just kind of pause the game and let you guys have your discussion there and then that. continue. That happened quite a bit. Maybe. <laughs> um, the, if Hypnospace takes longer, it's literally just up to did Dry figure out the puzzles. Uh, here's the difference, though. 
If I get annoyed with a puzzle, I'm just going to ask how to solve it. Yeah. So that's where the difference is. Because yeah. is a baby. No, I, <laughs> my original <laughs> playthrough, I looked up a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, cool. Robbie. Yo. Get us out of here. So, roundabout, make sure to be kind of one another. Make sure to be safe. Don't be sticking wounded hands into dead, dead bodies. Please don't. <laughs> and whether you've been with us... Sorry, take two. You've been with us. Whether you've been with us since the very beginning, or this is the first time you've listened to us, thanks for being here. Yeehaw. Thank you so, so much. Definitely go check this movie out if you haven't already. It's intense. Yeah. Um, thank you, E, for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie, for being here. Mm-hmm. And thank you again, everybody, for listening. Hope you are having a great, great time out there. Uh, I can't, I hope a terrible world event didn't happen and things that we're saying are awful. Um, hopefully 1917 didn't happen. Yeah, hopefully 1917 <laughs> didn't happen again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just, just like in two, in like 13 days exactly, we look at the news is like, today is 1917. <laughs> we're like, damn it. Like, son of a bitch. You have to Aww. delay the episode now. <laughs> now we have to release it when it's 1918. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody out there, be safe. We'll see you around. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.